0: Hi, this is Heidi, episode 42, Lens Number 4, The Perfectionist Lens. Life isn't a spectator sport. Success comes to those of us who show up every day with a pocket full of courage, grit, and a little sparkle. I'm glad you're here. Hello, family and friends. How are you doing? This is being released the end of May 2020. Here in Massachusetts, we are very slowly opening up the state after our stay-at-home order. Very, very slowly. It'll be interesting to see how things go. I've had such interesting texts and conversations with friends. We all really... And I mean really like the slower pace that quarantine has provided us. Of course, we don't like the negative effects that it's had on everyone's life, but we're all hoping that we can all settle into a new normal that eliminates kind of all the unnecessariness, all the unnecessary meetings and stuff like that of life. It's going to take all of us intentionally choosing what we put back in our life. I'm all in favor of families being home Every single night together. How awesome is that? We have loved it. Yes, we've definitely missed some sporting things, socializing, but overall, we have not missed so many activities and little sleep. My kids are totally different people after two months of 11 hours of sleep every single night, like every night. Okay, thank you to all of you who are sharing this podcast. I've gotten a lot of comments and praise for how these episodes, especially these about our lenses and how we look at our teens, is helping people question how they think about their children and change how they feel around them. My cousin teaches teenagers, and she said how helpful it is for her with her students. I do really wish teachers were taught these tools in addition to their awesome teaching skills. And I know how many of them do have amazing gifts to see our children, to see the things that we don't even see in them. So please keep on leaving ratings and reviews and iTunes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. This episode is about the fourth lens, the lens of perfectionism, the lens and mindset that I do not want you to fail. Looking at your child, wanting them to succeed at everything they do. So we're going to dive into perfectionism as a lens for seeing our child and how that creates insecurity, fear, and excessive vulnerability in us. Of course, it's very natural and useful for us to want our children to succeed. It's normal for us to be happy and feel proud when they achieve something that they work towards or to see them develop a talent or skill or overcome an obstacle. This desire is healthy and useful. It only becomes crippling and distorts our vision of our child when we take it to an extreme and we don't want to see them fail. It becomes distorted and we feel extra insecurity when we make their successes or any life milestones mean something about us or even make it mean something negative about our child. And let me tell you, this lens has only intensified Over the last decade or more with social media, so many resources available for us to help our children succeed, tutors, programs, college prep counselors, private coaches, and more. These resources are great if we are seeing them for what they are. They're resources to improve and support, but it's not extra balance on our perfectionism balance beam. I recently heard this quote in a book by Harriet Lerner The perfectionist walks a tightrope over the valley of low self esteem. Isn't that great? Such an amazing visual. I encourage you to listen to episode 26 on perfectionism for even more examples and tools on this work in yourself. If we see our teenagers through this lens of, I don't want you to fail. We ourselves are tying our worth to our teenager's accomplishments, which isn't fair and it isn't healthy. So we're walking the tightrope and we're inadvertently teaching them to walk a tightrope, fearing that any failure means they are a failure. Now, here are some very common thoughts that signal we're looking out of this cloudy lens. I want you to get on every single team you try out for. Oh no, don't run for student government or another election. What if you aren't chosen? I don't want you to feel disappointed or sad or feel bad. I really hope you get into this college that all of my friends' kids get into. What will people think of me or of you if you don't fill in the blank? If you're not on honor roll? If you have a recital and you mess up? If you don't get this cool internship? Or... I only want you to try out for things that are a sure bet. Now, I know of many people who only encourage their children to take classes in school that they know they'll get an A in. Yes, grades matter, but learning is way more important than a grade. And if our kids only get straight A's, they might not be being challenged and they aren't learning that their grades are not a reflection of who they are, of their value. An important part of childhood is experiencing rejection. Without it, we end up limiting our lives because anything successful is built on one failure after another. Each failure teaches us one more thing about ourselves. We learn that failure is when we're knocked down and we do not pick ourselves up and try again. Repeatedly trying new things is the definition of success. Every year we run a road race in North Carolina. I used to run more than one a year. Now I'm down to just this one. I'm not very fast, but I'm steady and I never care at all what my place is. Every single time I show up for the race, I tell myself I've already won. Winning to me is starting and actually running the race. Failing is not showing up for me. Okay. Humble brag here. Last year, I did come in first place for my age group in the Beaufort 5K, (laughs) but proving I don't even care about the placing, I wasn't even there to get my medal. I didn't even know I had won. Now I'm winning because everyone else is faster and they're giving up at my age, but see how in everything we do and everything our teens do, we have the opportunity to decide what the definition of success is and what the definition of failure is now in general, I'm not a big fan of this all or nothing mindset, but let's keep on going with it for a little bit because it kind of isn't true. Like in several games, there's going to be a winner and a loser. Last year, our oldest son, Carter, had two different soccer situations that were great examples of this mindset to me. We were at one game against a really competitive team. It was one of the first games in the season, and the game was at the other team's home field. This team was playing so dirty. They were overly physically aggressive. They were verbally just super aggressive and super inappropriate. It really was an embarrassment to their school. They were a really poor example of sportsmanship and character. Our team had a very hard time holding their cool. Several of our kids got hurt. My son told me after the game that his coaches had insisted that our team, keep their cool, that they play the tough game, but that they were responsible for how they acted, that the coaches did not want to see the players stoop to the level of the other team. One player asked to be taken off the field because he didn't feel he could control himself. At the end of the game, the scoreboard showed that our team had lost to this really tough team by only one point. But we told our kids, Winning in this case was not defined by the score. Strong character being able to hold your head high and standing in your integrity is winning. The other team was not winning at the game of life. Now, the same example can be used when our children try something and fail by otherworldly or some score sense. Always reinforce to your children that trying something is always winning. Like I said before, we only fail if we don't get up again. So another soccer analogy, but you create this in your mind for the sports and activities that your kids are in. It was another away soccer game last year. The game was tied. It was a tough game. There were only 10 seconds to go and our team was given a free kick to take. It was near the goal. My son was on the sideline And he has an unbelievably powerful leg. He knocks goalies and other kids over frequently just by the ball hitting them. He has practiced kicks like this a million times in our cul-de-sac. And he told the coach, put me in. I want to take the kick. So he went in. He kicked. He missed the goal by about 12 inches. That night, we told him repeatedly how proud we were that he had asked to take the shot success to us was being willing to fail success was trying just like the hall of famer wayne gretzky said you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take and we need to help our children know that their worth and value is not determined by perfect scores their worth and value isn't determined by comparing themselves and being better or higher than another child How we talk to our children before and after these experiences shapes and molds how they think of themselves. If we only praise and shower love on them when they win in a scoreboard or straight A sense, they will think winning equals love and losing equals worthlessness and disappointment. The pride and acceptance we show them at all of their efforts builds up the valley of esteem. How we talk to them. Encourage them. How we talk about our successes and failures gives them a framework for defining their worth. Share with your teen a time when you failed at something, when you felt really vulnerable and you didn't do your best. Share with them when you were fired from a job and what you learned from it. Share with them how you felt when you didn't get the scholarship you applied for. Sharing your vulnerabilities with your children gives them permission to feel vulnerable themselves. They'll be more likely to share with you when they're nervous or scared about failing. They'll share embarrassment or disappointment when things don't work out. And you'll then have an opportunity to help them reframe the perceived successes and failures. This is why rejection is healthy for our teens. They need to know how to frame this rejection. They need to learn to love themselves when they have the low score, and they learn it by hearing what you say to them. And what you say is a reflection of what you're thinking and feeling about your child. Ask yourself, why don't you want them to feel disappointed? It's just an emotion. It's just a vibration in their body. Negative emotion is going to be roughly 50% of their human experience if they live it fully they'll learn from disappointment. Failure helps our children have perspective, compassion, empathy, and true pride when they show up repeatedly, trying over and over again and finally make the team. This is where the lens of perfectionism, the lens of please don't fail, is the most distorted for parents. When we make our children's accomplishments mean something about us, we place a very, unfair and unhealthy burden on our kids. They should not carry the weight of our low self-esteem. That's our work to do. They have enough pressure just staying happy and content themselves. We need to manage our emotions and our own self-worth on our own. That's our burden to carry. That's a responsibility in our lane. Even if you're in a culture or society that places great esteem on parents whose children achieve certain things... You don't have to buy into it. I know it's hard. It's hard because deep inside ourselves, we want to be worthy. We want to belong to the group. We want others to like us. But it's our work, not our children's work, to reinforce that. When our children feel the burden of performing or staying on their own perfectionist tightrope for our sake, they create much more anxiety, fear, and insecurity, In an already pressure cooker world, we give them the support to step off the perfect child tightrope when we show them that we love them regardless of their accomplishments. When we show them our love is unconditional, they will look very closely at our reaction to every single performance in life. They will look at our faces to see if we're proud or disappointed. They will take notice of the slightest hint of them letting us down. And everything they see on the outside begins with what we're thinking and what emotions we create by those thoughts. I'm sad your team lost the playoffs, but I'm so proud of you for getting this far. Looks a lot different on us than you played terrible and could have done better. Looks. Those thoughts look a lot different on the outside of us. Our kids know the difference. And they know the difference when we're thinking, oh, I'm worried what my friends and others will think because my child did this. Whatever the insecurities are that we think other people are judging us for. It's totally normal for our brains to want others to like us. It's a survival instinct to want to belong to the group. But there's no physical danger of being thrown out of the cave or the pack now. One of the biggest weights we can stop carrying around is the weight of caring what other people think about us. It's a very heavy weight. It's a weight of insecurity. It's a weight disguising our own low self-worth. When we do the work of really loving ourselves to know we are doing a great job as a parent, regardless of what our children do or don't do, when we have our back and don't need validation from others, we can drop this weight. We have much more energy then and confidence and we're calmer when we stop being in everyone else's head. And here's the thing, we don't know what other people are thinking about us and whatever they are thinking is about them. It's a reflection of their opinions, insecurities, life experiences. Other people's judgment of us is not really about us. It's about them. They reveal what's important to them. Our ability to accept all of the parts of ourselves, all of the parts of our children, this means the good and the bad, the strengths and the weaknesses, allowing all of it to be okay is where the gold is, my friends. This is the space where we create confidence, where we show up for our children with the highest amount of love. First, love for ourselves, owning that we aren't perfect in the sense of perfect equals flawless. When we love ourselves this way, We model confidence and self-acceptance for our children. We don't find fault with our bodies, with our jobs, with how we do things. We don't cry over the burnt meals. We start looking at ourselves through the lens of acceptance and perspective. Be willing to share with your child when you're nervous. My husband and I do this almost daily with our kids. My husband shares with them when he's nervous before a big presentation. I share with them my fears. We share with them how we push through them and we share when we think we could have done better. We help them see that all of this is part of being human. My son just went to a convenience store and he came home and he told us that his debit card was declined. He told us the whole story and he knew why he had moved money from his checking account to his savings and he thought he had enough, but that rejection is good for him. He learned it's nothing about him as a person And guess what? It's good to learn to manage your money as early as possible. And getting declined is all part of the process. We see this as a step toward his growth. There's nothing bad about it. The best reward or result of cleaning off this lens is that you see and feel that you are an amazing human and great parent, no matter what your child accomplishes in life. Your job is to teach, love, support, not to perform the tasks of the child. Your child's accomplishments are their result. They reflect their unique qualities, their potential, where they are in their life. They are the players in their game. We're the coaches on the sideline. And we have the power to feel like every single game is a win or success regardless of the scoreboard. Encourage your kids to do things you know are hard for them. Encourage them to take chances, to try out and not be picked, to take the classes that push them and reveal where they aren't their best. Let them know that you don't think that they should be the best at everything. Focus your family discussions and comments on the striving, on the effort, not the outcome. Just like with Carter asking to take the free shot at the end of the game and missing, praise your child's ability to play in the game for their courage to face fear. These conversations can only be held when we have decided that we love every part of our child, and they are complete and perfect just as they are. I seem to say it in every single one of these episodes about these lenses. The word perfect comes from the Latin and Greek roots to mean complete. It's only been in the last 100-150 years that we've changed the definition to mean flawless. Our kids are perfect. Because everything about them, the good and the bad grades, the slip ups in bigger things in life, the trying drugs and alcohol and worse, all of it is making them a complete human. None of it reduces their worth as a person, and none of it defines you as a good or bad parent. See, one of the very deepest and most basic human needs is the need to feel like we are enough. Our primitive brains compare ourselves to others, looking for where we lack because our brain wants us to be enough. You are enough. In fact, our cracks, weaknesses, our fails all make us more valuable. When you see yourself that way, you'll more easily clean off this lens for your child and you'll see them clearly. You'll see how perfect they are, and you'll create peace and calm about their life, their future, their potential. Now that the seniors in our high school are done with school, my oldest officially is a senior. He has one more year, and then he's off to college. I feel like it was just yesterday that he held my hand nervously as we rode the school bus for kindergarten orientation. He didn't let go of my hand the entire three-hour experience. Now, he isn't holding my hand anymore, but I know he's looking to me and my husband for approval, for love, for support as he wobbles and succeeds and fails and grows. These lenses sometimes cloud up again for me. I sense the distortion and I do the work to clear them off. I'm a completely different mother when I have my back and I can see my children clearly. It's worth doing this work now. A great start is doing the workbook that is sent to you after you take the confidence quiz available on my website, HeidiBenjaminson.com, or feel free to email me, Heidi at HeidiBenjaminson.com, and I'll send it to you. When you're ready to change how you think, feel, and show up, book a phone call consult on my website. We all need someone outside of our heads giving us new lenses. Seeing our world clearly is the best feeling. Stay safe and well, and I'll see you next week.